Just before I get into the message, just when I was worshipping, I was worshipping, singing that song, and I, I lifted up my arms, and it felt like, as I lifted up my arms, I had my eyes closed, and it felt like I was wearing an ID bracelet or something around my arm. I mean, I work in, in events, and often you have to go in through security, and they give you a bracelet to wear around your arm so that you're allowed to go on site and do what you need to do. And I just felt like it was saying, there's nothing there. I opened my eyes, and I could see, but it felt like there was a bracelet, and there was just, like, God, what are you saying? What are you, what are you saying to me? And then he just said, it's, it's like a sleeve. It was the ed, end of your long, of long sleeves. It was touching the, the wrist. And he said, when you lift it, the sleeve is going to come back, and God wants to remove those things that you're covering over. People wear sleeves to cover over things at times, and God is wanting to just bring healing for the things that you've tried to cover up, the things that you've tried to not show others. Um, as you worship God, those sleeves come back, and they're exposed to God, and he'll deal with them. Um, so don't be afraid to lift your arms to worship God and let him deal with the issues in your life and just bring healing and the things that you've tried to cover up, he wants to expose them because most, most times they lies from the enemy, from the devil, and he wants to expose them and deal with them. So just be open to God dealing with something in your life. It's got nothing to do with my message, it was just something I just felt there as I was worshipping um, that God is doing. So let's pray. Father, thank you for who you are, that you love us and you deal with us and you want to deal with us in a loving and gentle way that you want to bring healing into our lives, Lord. Where we are struggling with issues, as we bring them to you, you just bring your healing. And Father, there's healing in your word. There's power in your word. There's love in your word. And we just come to your word now, Father, and I ask that you would use me to be an instrument to bring your word to us today. Open our hearts to receive, our ears to hear, our minds to comprehend, our spirits to be in communion with you now. Thank you, Father. Amen. Amen. So, a month ago... I spoke on revelations of the kingdom, where I looked at two kingdoms and the clash that took place when Moses went to Pharaoh and told him to set the Israelites free to go and worship God. We know the story. Pharaoh refused and a spiritual battle ensued where God of all creation defeated the gods of the Egyptians through the ten plagues that God released upon Egypt with the climax being the death of all the firstborn in Egypt, including Pharaoh's son, who was seen as a god. Only after this tenth plague did Pharaoh relent and let the Israelites go. I said then that God first moves in the spiritual realm before moving in the physical realm. Victory in the spiritual battle leads to victory in the physical battle. We see this time and time again in Scripture. We need to remember this when we are facing challenges in our lives. Gain victory in the spiritual battle first, and then you'll gain victory in the physical battle. Now today I want to speak about another revelation 
of the kingdom that we see in the book of Exodus, namely the kingdom of priests. God has called us to be a kingdom of priests. And it's been the call on the people of God since the beginning of time. But we've not always got it right. The role of a priest is to come into the presence of God, to be in the presence of God, to hear from God, to speak to God, and to speak to others about God. That's how it was for Adam and Eve, up until the time they disobeyed God and were banished from his presence. After the banishment of Adam and Eve from the Garden of Eden and the presence of God, man no longer had direct access and uninhibited access to God. Offerings and sacrifices were introduced to atone for man's sin in order for him to come into the presence of God. God had to kill animals to cover up their nakedness. And that was sacrifice. Blood was shed. And those sacrifices required the shedding of blood, which is why Cain's offerings were not accepted, but Abel's were. Noah, when he came out of the ark, offered sacrifices on the altar he built. They were burnt offerings of the clean animals and the birds that he had. That's why he took in not just two of, every, of the clean animals, but there were seven of every clean animal, seven pairs, so that he had to have some for sacrificing. They were burnt offerings of the clean animals and birds. This became the practice for the people of God, as well as the people who worshipped other gods, some even going to the extreme of sacrificing their own children, trying to appease their gods. Many of the nations in the promised land that God was leading the Israelites into practiced child sacrifice and was one of the reasons that God was going to rid the promised land of them because of their abominable worship practices. Now before God brings the Israelites out of Egypt, he reminds them that they are the people of his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That they have been set apart from the other nations to be the people who reveal who God is to these nations. God brings them out of Egypt to take them into the promised land. But he has to prepare them for this role. On the third new moon, after the people of Israel had gone out of the land of Egypt, on that day they came into the wilderness of Sinai. They set out from Rephidim and came into the wilderness of Sinai and they encamped in the wilderness. There Israel encamped before the mountain while Moses went up to God. The Lord called, called him out of the mountain saying, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob and tell the people of Israel, you yourselves have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession among all peoples. For all the earth is mine, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words that you shall speak to the people of Israel. Exodus chapter 19, verses 1 to 6. <clears throat> now before looking at verse 6, which is the focus of this morning's message, I want to pick out something from the second part of verse 4. And how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now apparently eagles are one of the few birds of prey that do not carry their young in their talons if they're having to move them. But they carry them on their backs, between their wings. They carry them that way. 
This way, the parent still has the ability to use their talents if needed, and the young is protected by the body of, of the parent. They are literally carried on eagles' wings. They're between the wings. That's where they sit. And some eagles, which is, this is even another, I mean, I find a fascinating story. Some eagles, in teaching their young to fly, push them out of their nests, which are usually situated up on, on cliff faces, high up, letting the young eagle plummet down anything between 90 and 150 feet before swooping down below them and catching them on their backs and then taking them back up to the nest, putting them in the nest, and letting them rest for a while before pushing them out again and doing it over and over again until they're able to fly. Not all the eagles do that. It's just some of them that do that, those that live in cliff faces. A lot of the eagles nest in, in trees. It would be a bit tricky to do that. You'd concuss the poor little chick on its way down through all the, hitting all the branches. But those that are on the, on the cliff faces, that's what they do. They just push them out and down they plummet and they start flapping like mad. But, you know, as they grow and their wings get stronger, they, the, the parent doesn't need to come below them and pick them up and put them back in to the nest. Now, eagles are also able to soar really high with very little effort. If you've ever watched them, they're amazing to watch, to see the eagles flying, mainly using the thermal currents of, in the air and only flapping their wings when necessary. They make it look effortless. God carries us in the same way, taking us high above the troubles of this world when we are in his presence. Now, the first part of verse 6, as I said, is the focus of this message. And you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Exodus 19, verse 6a. God calls the people of Israel to be a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Now, why does he call them to this? They were to be priests to God, honoring and worshiping him, showing the nations around, him, around them how to worship the one and only true God, who is mighty and powerful. God had already demonstrated his power and authority to the Egyptians by destroying their gods. Now the Israelites were to be priests to God and show the surrounding nations how to worship and serve the one true God, the God who created all things and everyone. So how were they to do that? Verse 5 gives us part of the, of the how. Now therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession among all peoples, for all the earth is mine. The covenant that God made with Abraham set the Israelites apart from the rest of the nations. They were called out from the rest of the nations to be God's chosen people to show the rest of the nations how to live lives dedicated to loving, serving, and being obedient to the living God. But there was another covenant about to be added to the Abrahamic covenant. This was the, the rest of the how. The covenant given to Moses at the top of Mount Sinai, where God gives him the Ten Commandments and also the blueprint for the tabernacle, along with all the laws that go with sacrificing. This included how the tabernacle was to be built, along with who and how the priests were to serve in the tabernacle, along with the sacrifices that were to be offered to make atonement for various sins and all the laws that pertained to living the way God wanted them to live, that all flow out of the Ten Commandments. 
So the Ten Commandments is the, the, the template, and then all the other laws come out of that. They were to be a nation of priests, set apart from the other nations, and demonstrating to those nations how to live, love, and serve the living God. Now we too, as disciples of Jesus Christ, have been called to be a kingdom of priests. Each and every disciple of Jesus has been called to be a priest. It is not just a select few, but for each and every one of us. Now there are some denominations, the one that I grew up in, there were only certain men that could be priests, or if they were priests, they were the only ones that could do certain things within the service. Um, but God has said, no, we are all priests. We are all to, to be able to priest before him. Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. Like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation, now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by men, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Verse 5, You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 1 to 5. We are being built into a spiritual house to be holy priests. That's what God has called us for. From the moment we are born again, we are part of the kingdom of God, and we are built into a spiritual house, and there we become priests in the kingdom of God, offering spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable to God. As disciples of Jesus, it's so important that we are part of a local church, a local body where we can serve and we can receive. A place where we can grow and learn and be encouraged. A place where we can encourage and teach others. We need to be part of a local body where we are accountable to others and others are accountable to us. Where we build one another up and submit ourselves to one another. We need other people in our lives to help us grow and mature and keep on track as we navigate our way through lives. Through, through life. We're a holy priesthood, but we're being built into a spiritual house. We need to be, to be together. As believers, we are not meant to be on our own, beyond spending alone time with God on a regular basis. We were created to be in fellowship with others and be part of something far greater than ourselves and God. If you think that's what Adam said, uh, what God said about Adam, he can't be on his own. It's not right for him to be, be on his own. It's the same with us. To be a believer, a Christian, we need fellowship with people. God wants us to have a relationship with him, but he also wants us to have relationships with others, both believers and non-believers. As priests, we are to serve God, but we are also to serve others. Those that know God, as well as those that don't know God. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9. 
We're not just a holy priesthood, we're also a royal priesthood. We're a priesthood of the King of Kings. We are to minister to God, and we're also to minister on behalf of God. It is as we minister to Him that we are then able to minister to others. We cannot minister to others if we have not taken time to minister to God and let God minister to us. We minister to God when we spend time in His presence. And we minister to others when we share with them His wonder, His grace, His glory, His love, and His power, and all the other things of God that He gives to us. Now when the tabernacle was built in the wilderness, according to the plans God gave to Moses on the top of Mount Sinai, priests were set apart to be responsible for setting up and taking down the tabernacle. They were also responsible for moving the tabernacle from one place to another. The priests responsible for moving the Ark of the Covenant, where the very presence of God was, that had been kept in the Holy of Holies, the center of the tabernacle, had to be carried on the shoulders of the priests. They were not, not allowed to put it on, the car, on a cart or any other form of transportation. The outer coverings of the, of the tabernacle, they were allowed to do that. But the Holy of Holies, the, the very center of it, the Ark of the Covenant, had to be carried on the shoulders of the priests. If you remember the story of David when he was bringing the Ark back into Jerusalem many years later, and they had it on, on, a, on a cart, and it, moved, it, it got what shuddered around what it was about to fall off, and one of the priests reached out and touched it, and he was struck dead. And it was then that David left it there and came back, and obviously had read through Scripture and saw that the, the ark had to be carried. And so when it, came, brought, when it was brought back in, the next time when he went back to bring it in, it was carried on, on the shoulders of the priests. They had to carry it. And we are like that as well. We carry the presence of God on our shoulders, within us. And we have to be like those priests, carrying the presence of God. As believers and disciples of Jesus Christ, we are just like those priests, carrying the presence of God wherever we go, as long as we are living lives that bring glory and honor to God. As sons and daughters of God, our lives have been bought at a price. Jesus paid for our salvation with his life. He shed his blood for us, and he wants us as priests to reign on the earth, not to be subject to the devil or any other being. We have been saved to serve God and reign on earth in his kingdom. And they sang a new song, saying, Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals. For you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God and they shall reign on the earth. Revelations chapter 5 and verse 9 and 10. We are a kingdom of priests. We need to know and believe this in the depths of our hearts, our souls, our being, and live our lives as priests in the kingdom of the kingdom of God, exercising the authority that God has given us as priests, serving the least, the last, the lost, the lonely, the marginalized, and also one another. We are there to serve all those that we come into contact with. As believers and priests, we've all been given the same power and authority as Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit. 
so we can minister to those that do not know God as well as to those who do know God. God does not withhold his power and authority from any of his children. So if you are a child of God, you are a priest of the kingdom and called and commissioned to reign on the earth by ministering to God and ministering to one another, both inside and outside the church. When we do this, we will see God's kingdom come and his will being done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. Some discussion questions. <clears throat> the first one is the normal. What stood out for you from this talk? Secondly, have you ever experienced a time in your life when you felt like the young eagle learning to fly? God pushing you out of your comfort zone, teaching you something new. Share what it is. Thirdly, as a priest of the kingdom, in what ways are you serving God and serving others. Ask others at your table how they see you serving God and serving others. But sometimes we don't see it in ourselves of how we serve, but other people recognize that in us. So how, what are the ways that you're serving God and serving others? Because as priests, we are called to serve and then pray for one another. Get on with it. Okay.